Buffs Nation. What is going on? Welcome into the Buffs Nation podcast. Here we are, 0-1, and and it feels like it's the same season all over again. Now, we'll stay positive. We'll try to at least go over last week, our thoughts, obviously preview uh, Air Force coming up this weekend. Uh, I'm Tyler Walgie, Jared all to my right. Jared, how we feeling? How you doing? Uh, I am not feeling positive, so I will. You, know, you, you can do your best to I'm stay positive. <laughs> I don't know if I can commit to that. I don't want to come in swinging, <laughs> come in negative. Look, look, feelings are not up right now in Boulder around this team, but there are some things that I think that we can identify this show to be positive and excited about moving forward, but we'll get there. Uh, Producer Ryan. How was your time at the game? I saw you at the game. Yeah, yeah, we actually saw each other. Um, I mean, it was it was great. I mean, Folsom on a Friday night, blackout. Um, loved their helmets. Um, oh, that's not. Atmos- I love atmos- jerseys. Atmosphere was great. Student section showed out. Uh, kudos to them. But yeah, couldn't help but uh, Saturday morning feeling like a little bit of Groundhog's Day. <laughs> it you know? did. It did. It felt like that. It's so like we're back here again. Saturday, it- I wake up and it, it, it felt like that. I go, no, not another season of this. You know, it's like, <laughs> good God. You had to go look and double check. That yeah. it did really happen, but <laughs> if you want, you want to get a positive note, Tyler. That is one. The students, the fans, absolutely showed up. The blackout. It. I mean, that picture was was fantastic, and you love to see it. Such a letdown for the fans, but it was awesome to see people continue to show up and support. Yeah. So everyone out there, good for you showing up. I mean, that was cool to see. Now it was a late game that contributed to people leaving at, at halftime. Or there was also the, a, a weather delay. Weather delay, that's right. You know, and Didn't so take off till eight forty five mountain. Yeah, it was a late, late game. Oh, yeah. And so I know, you know, this the student section and got a little bit of slack for leaving early, but it's like, you know, if you're not gonna stay in the game with TCU, what do you expect? So let's get to that. Uh, before we preview uh, Air Force this weekend, thoughts about last weekend. And just so you know, just so the audience knows, uh, I'm coming in here late today. I actually didn't even know if I was going to make the show. Jared and Ryan were ready to do it themselves. The buffs sent Tyler to the hospital. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I know. I could see Tyler just being a total pro, catching up his breath on the side in between statements. Uh, here. No. So I, uh, I actually just got back from the doctor. And so uh, I haven't had, it, I, this was kind of an all day sorta ish thing. And so I haven't had that much time to prep. Look, I got my start in radio. I worked in I'm the, the better part of my career. I worked in radio. Um, I, I worked, it, I did the afternoon drive at a couple places, worked at iHeartRadio. It's like, if there's one thing I like to do, it's prepare coming into the show. I don't have a lot of prep done. And so what we're going to do is just can kind of be like a live sort of informal show today. We're going to go through things, talk it out, right? A little therapy. We'll, we'll talk it out. Because I do have some thoughts, but you know, it's not like I have my list of notes. You know how I am, Jared, and and all my 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 notes to go over and all that kind of stuff. So let's just kind of put it out there. Um, obviously, the quarterback situation is the main headline. That's what everyone's talking about. And now you guys see why I was so adamant last week that if if we see Brendan Lewis at all, I think it's going to be a a negative for this team. And not only did we see Brendan Lewis a little bit, he started the game, started the second half. Seemingly was getting three-fourths of the reps when you look at the, the end-of-the-game numbers, and, and I think that's the biggest thing missing. So before we get into the actual X's and O's, and what we think of Brendan Lewis, J.T. Shrout, I have a theory. I don't know if it's conspiracy theory. I don't know if it's... It's just a theory, okay? Maybe a little conspiracy-ish. How in the world... Carl Durrell's an offensive guy. He knows what he's seeing out there. It's not like he's seeing something and the rest of us aren't. I heard I heard on the, the radio after the game, uh, I, f- I forget whether it was 104.3 or 850, but they're like, it's almost like Carl Durrell's trolling us. It's almost like he's getting a kick out of this. Everyone in the world can see something he seemingly can't. So here's my theory. Here's my conspiracy. I think Carl Durrell 
told Brendan Lewis or told Brendan Lewis's mom or something like that, not during recruiting, but like during the, he may transfer, he may go somewhere else, you're going to start. And no matter what happens, I promise you, you're going to start. I think he probably looked his mom in the eyes, gave his mother a promise, and that's what's going on here. I can't honestly think of anything that makes sense besides something like that. It's, it's honestly the most logical thing that I have, have heard, Tyler, and it is out there. Let's, let's be clear on that. That, that, that. A move like that from a head coach, if that's what he's doing and not ultimately making the decision he feels is best for the team, that's bad news right there. But I can't think how anyone with two eyes that understands the game of football right. could watch that game and apparently what was happening all offseason and not come away with the conclusion that JT Shroud is clearly well, the better option for your team. But that's my point with all this. Yes. Everyone, we're past the point of debate. It's clear to everybody watching the game, at least 98% of people who pay attention, that JT Shroud is a clear, uh, clearly the better option. He is a superior quarterback. It's not even close. So we can rule that out, okay? So, so the question is, What's going on? Why aren't we seeing him full 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 time? And I think the answer to that is something like Carl Durrell promising Brendan Lewis's mother or something like that. I'm not saying that exactly happened, but something along those lines happened outside of the realm of making sense. CU's <laughs> roster was decimated with transfers this offseason. You, you have to think some of those discussions were had with guys in ways to try to convince guys Stop to stay with your I mean, program you would to say, so. hey, man, we're going to give you that first look at quarterback. That's your spot. And, and has he overcommitted to that? Whatever. But... Man, it just it it is. Okay, but I got one more. I got okay, one more theory. Okay. Oh, oh. Yeah, I got a oh. bunch of them today. All right. I was doing some thinking <laughs> on the road. Now. All right. Other theory. He's trying to. All right. This is this is a conspiracy theory. This one's out there. He's trying to lose his job. He's trying to get fired. Collect unemployment, or what are we trying to do here? Uh, maybe he wants another job. Well, maybe I mean, he you, doesn't. You also have like, to look out the terms of his contract. Maybe it's fully guaranteed. Like, I mean, you're going to have to do a buyout if you fire him before his contract's up. Here's the thing, though. What we're seeing doesn't make sense. I'm reaching for everything that may in some alternate, not reality, but just some alternate point of view makes sense. Because what everyone does, and there's a lot of people right now listening going, I don't know, Tyler, I don't know. That's a lot of people's reaction to things like this. Sure. But what I've learned working in the media for so long, uh, betting sports now, getting sort of inside the locker rooms is we are only presented the story that, that, that people want us presented. And... There's a lot going on behind the scenes that, that the general public never has access to because of good reporting and good reporters or just a, just a reporter-team relationship. I mean, it, it works all the time that reporters let stories out because they have a relationship with, with like John Elway, right, for, right. for, for, for the Broncos. Well, if, if you're going to re- release a story that John Elway doesn't want released, that's the last piece of information you're ever going to get from Elway, right? So things massage themselves and work themselves out in the media to where we only get exposed to what we see. And these other things that happen behind the scenes, like promising someone's mom something, or really he doesn't want the job, people look at that as, that's crazy, that could never happen. That, that's not really going on, Tyler. What are we talking about here? But that is happening in some instances, some places. I'm not saying for sure here, but something's going on that we're not seeing. Other, or here's the other option. Carl DeRose is the worst coach of all time. He's incompetent, right? <laughs> that, right. That's that's the alternative, right? And this is just, I want to kind of cement what you're saying here, Tyler, with a quote from Carl DeRose. And this was immediately following the game, a quote from Carl DeRose. says, quote, I will say for our fans, there's jitters in everybody that first game coming back. Maybe it was too much pressure on him. Who knows? But I'm confident that he's a better player. I still feel he's a better player than last year. 
end quote. I don't know. And I hear that and I think, who are you trying to convince? Right. Right? It seems like Carl Durrell is trying to convince himself that this decision he's making is the right one when everyone else is saying it's not. You it, think you think Carl Durrell sees a little Brennan Lewis in himself? Quiet, a little shy, you know, I don't not going to be I, that. I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't know if it would necessarily... I don't know, man. It, it's... Or I guess the, the only other thing, the kind of thing that I was thinking is Carl Durrell is tr- going to do everything he can to try to prove that he's right. Right, so before last week's game... Stubbornness. Yeah, before last week's game, he said both quarterbacks are going to play. When did JT Shrout come in? They were on the half-yard <laughs> line. When the had the ball on the half-yard half line? Half-yard line, and then when did he come in again? Garbage time. And then, so what can he say? It well, almost, they both played. It almost seems like sabotage. Oh, like, for it sure. It almost seemed like, I mean, and that's an obvious situation. That's right there for everyone to see, but okay, JT, you're, you're going in. Well, and ball when, on the half-yard line. Even on the half-yard line, when, when JT came in, it was a palpable feeling of finally mm-hmm. we can see what this kid has. And what did he do? He got him across the fifty. I'm pretty sure. And let least. me t- let me tell you something. I will take an interception all day yeah. from a quarterback well, trying to make a play throwing downfield than this nonsense we get from Brandon Lewis. And that's and that's one of the things about JT Shroud is his his style of play is to progress the f- the football down the field he's not afraid to throw interceptions brendan lewis is brendan lewis looks like again like last year at the spring game that he doesn't know what the heck he's looking at well and and here's the here's the thing with all of that i agree you're right and when jt shroud gets only a minor opportunity he wants to prove himself so it's a totally different mindset than having the whole game going in you know knowing if you make a mistake it's okay he wanted to prove to everyone that he was the guy, I think, right? He comes out wanting to gunsling. Sure. He's not going to be that kind of a player, in my opinion, long-term once no. he settles down. That was an erratic situation, and you're doing a disservice to, to the team, to both these players, and it all seems to be falling into the lap <clears throat> and the decision-making tree of Carl Durrell. And and Jared mentioned a, a post-game quote. I'm hearing a lot of post-game BS. Yeah. That reminds me of last year where Carl Durrell's pointing fingers. Remember last year, that was one of yeah. my complaints. It's like, okay, this is our first full season with Carl Durrell, and things are finally going bad. This was last year when, when they lost a couple games, and it was the first uh, adversity that Durrell really faced at Colorado. And the Probably first, Minnesota. <laughs> and the first thing he did was start blaming these kids, okay? And, and blaming the team. And he didn't take any responsibility himself. Said, that ah, these guys got to do this. These guys got to do that. And that's not what I'm looking for in a coach. That's not what I'm looking for in a leader of, of, of the buffs. And so um, I'm not happy with, with where we're at. I think that Darrell's already making excuses, pointing fingers. We're seeing the exact same thing we saw last year. And I came in. What did I say? First show of the season. Go back and listen to our 2022 preview. First thing I said was, I'm willing to give Carl Durrell another chance. Last year, I was upset. I had the offseason to breathe, right? I had a little therapy, talked my way through some things. It was like, okay, we're coming in. Carl Durrell, new chance. And it's the same old stuff just a week in. Well, and what concerns me the most is some of the rumbling that you're hearing from within the locker room. I know some of the veteran guys, guys like Brady Russell, like Quinn Perry, guys that have been around this program for a while, talking about how they were seeing players when the bus were down 14-6, down 17-6, hanging their heads. They gave up. They that you know I don't have the exact quotes in front of me, but along those lines, that said, they felt like their guys were not ready and committed to win, and that wasn't the team they built this off season and prepared right. to be. That that is concerning. If you're week one in a winnable situation down eleven, 
and your guys are giving up in the third quarter, that's big time. Well, and that is, speaks volumes coach, right? about where this coaching staff has this team prepared to be. See, I don't want to come into this show or this season waiting for an excuse to point fingers at Darrell. And it may seem like I'm doing that for Carl Darrell supporters out there, even though it may be the, the minority of you, right? I would say the vast majority of CU fans are ready to move on. I mean, it's just I'm walking away going, this is this is bad. These are like the John Embry days. These are like the the Dan Hawkins. That's the days. first thing that came to my mind when I, mean, I heard that. I mean, Dan Hawkins. You you think of that era. This it's a bad taste in your mouth. This is exactly what we're going to get now. And uh, if you think. Okay, you were a. I want to turn the page a little bit with the coaching staff in this discussion. But you were one last year who was very critical of Darren Shiverini. And something I noticed immediately is that maybe it wasn't the coach, maybe it was the quarterback, because new coach, new system, new philosophy, new formations, new game plan, let's get out there. And it looked like the same old CU Buffs offense we saw last year. So Jared, I'm not putting you on the spot, I'm not saying you were wrong, but did that start to, to change your mind, not change your mind, but did you go... You know, maybe I wanted so much Shiverini. Absolutely. Maybe I, any I, offensive again, coordinator. I, I don't think how you can watch that and not think that. I will say the first driver two, I did come away with thinking, yeah, there's some good creativity being used. There's some good use of pace within the offense. They were kind of hurrying. They were slowing down. They were doing some things, but I mean, a lot of coaches can 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 call a good drive. Well, usually your you first. Know, uh, your- your first 15 plays are scripted. Scripted, right? These are This is a situation you've practiced and practiced and practiced. And the buffs looked pretty good on those first two drives. You've kind of felt like, okay, maybe they didn't finish either of those drives. I believe they they had a, a field goal and and a, uh, I, I think they went for it on fourth, if I'm not mistaken, on those two drives. And don't don't quote me on that. But they, they didn't capitalize and get the points they needed on those drives. But they moved the ball and it seemed like things were going. So initially I'm thinking, okay. All right, I'm seeing a little bit of a difference here. And then it, it it just very quickly became the lack of adjustments, the lack of, again, creativity and getting your quarterback in good positions to make plays and your quarterback making plays. I actually it, thought the same thing. I, I thought, because I texted Jared, and Jared, let's be honest to the audience right now. <laughs> uh, what did I say? I yeah, actually... I'll find it real quick. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can find it and give the exact quote because Jared was the one said. Look, I, I, I told everyone, uh, show one of the season, I sold my stock on, on Lewis. I sold my stock on Brendan Lewis. If, if he proves me wrong, I will be the happiest Buffs fan in the world. I actually said that to my fiance who I was sitting with. I was like, you know what? He started, he looked good in the first couple of drives. And I said, if I'm wrong about Brendan Lewis, nothing would make me happier. Right? I, sure. Last quarterback, I said that I was Tim Tebow. Now we know how things went there, but I was like, hey, this is going to be good. Now, Colorado may co- – no, keep in mind, this is all second quarter when it's still 7-6. The buffs are right there. Maybe they just give up that punt, which was ridiculous. But I'm going, okay, if this offense looks like this all year and their success, I don't care how the buffs win. I don't care if we run the triple option. I don't care if they run the spread every play. Just, just move the ball, score, and make it exciting football to watch for us, or at least winning football. And so I'm sitting there going – Huh? This maybe this is our offense. Maybe it's going to be these weird, you know, it's a quarterback hybrid, running back sort of like a run-heavy system where Lewis is going to be asked to not do too much. I'm fine with that if the Buffs are going to be successful. What did I say to you, Jared? So I what I had said to you was they went with B. Lou, and then I sent a gift saying you blew it. Right. And uh, your response was, "Bro, I'm happy so far. It's early though. Yeah. So yeah, tempered, I, tempered, but." 
optimistic. So, of course, then I responded with a glass half full. (laughs) Exactly. I was being glass half full. (laughs) But I wasn't doing it just to be rah-rah or be the, 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 you know, player's mom or the coach on the sideline. I felt it. I felt that it was... Uh, going to work out. But here's why I think that long-term it won't, why Carl Durrell needs to make the change, is that that's not sustainable. And we saw that quickly. Uh, it didn't take TCU that long to start solving what, T- what Colorado was doing well. That's why you need to capitalize on those opportunities that they got in the first half. And so that's my whole thing, is if I thought Brennan Lewis could do that all season and it could work and we could play the schedule we have, which is the 13th toughest schedule in the nation, according to Phil Steele, and be successful doing that, Look, I don't care. I would want Brendan Lewis. I got nothing against the kid. I'm sure he's an amazing young man. I'm sure he's very nice. I'm sure he's has a lot of great qualities. You know, I mean, I've heard him in interviews. He seems like a great person. That's not what this is about. And it seems like it sometimes because they are quote unquote kids. You know, this was an amateur sport until a year and a half ago. Uh, and so I know the sentiment of a lot of people out there, whether you listen to this podcast or you spend time on social media, but that's not my point. All I care about is Colorado football doing well. And sometimes in sports, that means your feelings are going to get hurt. You're going to have to sit down. You're you're, going to hear things that aren't always positive about you. And that's unfortunately the case with Lewis right now. So we can move on. I've got a few stats to maybe go over. Yeah, real quickly before we do, just from a a big picture standpoint, your positivity is is getting into me, Tyler. And and here's what I just want to do a little exercise. Everyone take a step back and look at – I know this game got out of hand. It was a close game in the first half. A lot of opportunities missed by the Buffs. Envision a scenario where what we shot, saw out of JT Shrout and his limited play in the game was the guy playing the whole game. Maybe you capitalize on one of those two, one or two of those drives. You get a touchdown in the end zone. You're leading at halftime, coming out of it. Even though you're giving up, you know, big, you know, some big plays defensively. The special teams, you know. The Buffs were in that game, and I think in a, in a different scenario with some different confidence, it doesn't get out of hand the way that it did. I know that that final score looks so bad, but you know, coming out of half, you, have, you come out with a different energy, make the adjustments that you need to at half, the Buffs could have won that game. A hundred percent. By the way, I got some numbers here. Going into halftime, uh, total yards, Colorado 212, TCU 67. First downs, Colorado 11, TCU 3. Total plays run, Colorado 42, TCU 18. Total yards per play, Colorado 5, TCU 3.7. Time of possession, Colorado 22 minutes, 8 seconds, TCU 7 minutes, 52 seconds. And the score was CU, uh, excuse me, TCU 7-6, right? It's funny, this was from a uh, CU Sports uh, report, and uh, the last stat here was, 60-yard punt returns for a touchdown, TCU 1, Colorado 0. And that's the difference in the first half right there, yeah, yeah. right? And it was 7-6. But that's the thing is is I also heard, you know, uh, Darrell saying, yeah, look at the stats. We moved the football. Part of that, I actually see that as an indictment. If you, anyone can move the football. How many coaches in college football right now can move the ball between the 20s? Okay. It takes special talent to score. And it, those coaches get promoted. They get elevated. They stick out. But if you don't have it, you don't have it. And clearly, that's what's going on with CU. And clearly, that's not an excuse now for the coaching staff. Eh, well, a lot of yards. It doesn't matter. You have to capitalize when you get there, especially for a young, uh, a fresh, uh, a team without this, with, with all these expect, you know, low expectations, coming into the season with a lot of young players, especially on defense. And the defense is playing so well to start the year. That is exactly why, Jared, that that's unacceptable and the buffs can't get into a habit of doing things like that and that's exactly what they couldn't afford in the first half you have to capitalize you've got to score when you get opportunities 
And if anything, like I said, that's an indictment that they weren't able to do so. I'm not looking at the yards and going, oh, yards. Woo! We gained yards. I mean, my God, let's get Mike McIntyre back here. Well, right? it's, it's like, one like, thing if you if you then just gonna in the second half that. come out, you tweak it, you fix some things, and you're converting those scores into touchdowns. Yeah. That's then a positive you can build on. You could say, yeah, look in the first half when we didn't capitalize. Then we finally finally did that in the second half. That's not what happened for the Buffs. Uh, I mentioned McIntyre. Those days aren't that arrow is not looking too bad right now, I is know. it? Oh, you never thought I you know. would be like <laughs> wishing that. All right, uh, wrap things up with TCU. So to, to finish the quarterback stats, Brennan Lewis did finish 13-18, uh, 78 yards, Woo! just like last year's stats, exactly like last year's stats. Uh, not throwing the ball downfield at all. JT Shroud, 13-23, 157 yards, had uh, the touchdown. I don't know why they don't have an interception here. He had the pick, right? ESPN does not have accurate stats, apparently. <laughs> uh, he th- wait, Did they overturn that pick? Uh, they must have. Okay, well, if that's the case, that's the case, but... Uh, well, how about that? I mean, going back when we said earlier, he didn't have an interception. You know See? what? They did. There you I, go. I believe it was. Uh, I believe there was a, a pass interference involved along the way. Okay. There. Okay. So, yeah. um, well, there you go. That's even better. I mean, that go- look. But I just want to put that out there. Also, if he does throw picks, if he does take chances, I'm okay with that. So, you know, regardless of whether he had a pick or not, I want someone who's going to take chances. Now, I'm not wanting a gunslinger. I don't want a, a Brett Favre back there. But I want someone with a strong arm. Check who will make decisions, check, will throw the ball downfield, check, and get these receivers the ball. Why do you think uh, Rice, uh, Brendan, Brendan, uh, Brendan, why do you think Brendan Rice transferred to yeah, USC? Because he wasn't getting the ball. Getting the ball. <laughs> he didn't get any passes. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would. what do you think his dad, Jerry, is going, hey, it's all right. They're going to see you and get the ball. It's hang in. It's like, no, I'm going to go somewhere where they can give me the football. Yeah. Like, that's what these receivers this year are going to think. If RJ Sneed isn't getting the football, he's probably not going to be a buff next season. Yeah. This is going to keep happening. So this goes beyond Darrell's wants and needs and all that. He, he's got a team to run here. And I know I keep getting dragged into this. Let's do a, a quick two-minute, again, detour. Uh, we've said enough about the coach. You guys know what I think about about this coaching staff and, and, and Carl Darrell in general. But when do we start asking questions about Rick George? When do we start asking questions about when does the AD Oh, I started in? five years ago. I mean, maybe that was the case. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're, you've been onto something because I'm not impressed – at all with what Rick George has done. Uh, uh, Tad Boyle has been grandfathered in. I mean, you don't get that. That's not a – this basketball team at CU has been good for a long time. Tad's not going anywhere. Rick George doesn't get a check mark for that. He, what has he done? Right. I mean, really, what's he done? A lot of the stadium renovations were Mike Bone. A lot of that you know, goes back to the, to the other ADs. Rick George has done a couple – I'm not saying he's done nothing, but – he hasn't done enough. Look at the product. In, in terms of this football program, there there's a lot of things being missed. Here. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the Broncos ownership, who's focused about ticket sales and and building the business and where do we finish in terms of of the revenue, all the wrong things. They're not focused on winning. Literally, the the, the Broncos brass said, "Yeah, make the playoffs every couple of years. That's what we're looking for." Or something like that. I'm paraphrasing. That sort of feels like the Rick George approach to Colorado. It's like, yeah, winning is secondary as long as you have a fancy everything else. It's like, what? Are you, oh yeah, we're making money. Look at our look at our pay staff. Look at our money's going up. Look at that. It's like we we care about winning. Rick George, I don't think that's his first thing. I I, I honestly believe that the, the whatever decision is made as we move forward with by Rick George with this football program, what he does there is, is going to greatly impact his future with the Buffs. A lot of fans are uh, getting aggravated with Rick George. All right. Uh, 
TCU's total passing yards, 138. Colorado total passing yards, 235. On the ground, TCU rushed for 275. Colorado for 113. Let's get to that rushing attack because next week, Air Force is going to want to run the football a lot. Air Force played Northern Iowa last week. And you know how Carl Durrell said, you know, week one jitters, sometimes they come out and guys just got to warm up. And guys just got to ease their way into the season. Try telling that to the Air Force Falcons who rushed for 582 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah, their quarterback, uh, Hazek Daniels, only threw the ball six times for 109 yards and one touchdown. I'll take that from uh, Brendan uh, Lewis. By the way, an (laughs) 80-yard touchdown. Hey, I'll take that from Brendan Lewis. He can throw the ball six times as long as he's getting a quarterback rating of 93.6, no interceptions, one touchdown. Uh, No player for Air Force had more than 12 rushes, and they had 62 as a team. So the obvious question, everyone's going to be talking about it this week. How does Colorado stop this run? It's the main thing. It's, it's, it's key one, key two, key three for the game. And as I said before, I'm coming from the doctor's appointment. You know, I didn't have my keys to the game, anything like that. So I'm just kind of going through this with you guys. But don't you feel like that's clearly everything this game? If we don't stop the run, we're going to, it's done. Yeah, and, and that was one of my takeaways from TSU, TCU, T, TSU, who's that? There's, T- a, there's a Texas State out there. TCU. Yeah, um, Bobcats. And it was... <laughs> From what I going into that game, what I thought was the strongest position group, the defensive linemen, I thought they played very poorly, especially in the second half. And the secondary, while good in coverage, I think they struggled mightily coming up and making tackles and helping out in the tackle game. So I need to see a lot more from them. I thought Quinn Perry played really well. I still think he's just a little too slow, but he was pretty much all over the field between the hashes. I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, and I and I, and who's the transfer from West Virginia? I'd like to see a little a little bit more out of him. I'm gonna uh, got all these names. Shimoto. I know it's it's a it's a long one too. There's a hyphen in there. You know, let me I'll, let me find it real quick. But Ryan, I'm gonna push back a little bit with this okay. because in the first half, I think what we saw at a CU was and and we just read the stats. TCU had the ball for just under eight minutes, so that's that's that, that's, that's true. Gonna help the defense, and and, and that actually kind of goes to what you're saying that maybe they need to improve when they have time, but. The game changed quickly in the second half, and a lot of those stats are garbage time stats, you could say, and a lot of that was players around those D linemen quitting. Like, we heard Brady Russell, we heard multiple captains say, there were a couple players on the team, and it seemed like they gave up. It seemed like they quit. So, I think you're onto something. We need to see the D line and surrounding uh, uh, you know pieces play better, but I think we need to ease up saying that they you know played as poorly as the stat show. Well, and, and I, I guess I was just expecting more. But that also, I, I totally agree with you, and I think we're saying essentially the same thing because they did play well in the first half. TCU only had the ball for a little bit of time. But what was the difference between TCU and CU after halftime? TCU made adjustments. CU did not. No, I agree completely. Josh chandler Samato. I was going to go. say there was a Nelson somewhere in this. chandler Samato. that's it. It's a good name. It's, it's, a, nice, good it's name. a good football name. All right, uh, so uh, like I said, Air Force, uh, just under 600 rushing yards last week. Um, obviously, stopping the run is going to be big. Ryan said defensively, he you know wants to see more from the defensive line. I don't know. I, I didn't see any advanced stats there, but I'll, I'll, I'll side with you, Ryan. You know, Ryan is the house uh, XD lineman. He knows what to look for there, so 
I agree though, though that that that's going to be like one of the most important parts of the, the defense this season. So you want to see them step up. Well, and I think just anytime you're going against an option team, you, I think we've all anybody who's played football at right. any level probably played against an option offense. It's all about the reads, and just like the quarterback is reading the defense, the defense has to read that as well. And you have to make the right read. You have to sure. hit the right guy if you're not, you know, if you're not attacking the quarterback when you should be. A lot of that's your defensive ends. Sometimes that's your your edge linebacker. Right. But that's where your corners and your safeties, the defensive backs, get involved too. Because a lot of those times, right. those are the guys out on that wide running back that have to make that play and have to stay home Swarm and not get sucked in. Right, turn it back inside. You you can't let these guys get outside. You run in this game because they're going to kill you. Well, and, and with all the, the triple option, it's all misdirection. For the most part, all you're going to see is traps and counters for other teams. I mean, they have they have. 10 to 15 different runs out of one formation. Right. Yes. And and to that point with the misdirection, that's where the passing game more, does come into yeah. play. You don't see it often, but you mentioned the one touchdown. It was an 80-yard touchdown. That's what they do. They suck you in. They get you all distracted with everything they're doing in the running game, and then you leave somebody wide open, and they throw it over your head. So you have to stay home and understand what you're supposed to be doing on every play. And this is the issue. I mean, obviously, CU is going to be working on the option all week long, but it's one thing seeing it in practice from the scout team and then it's another thing with Air Force, who runs it to perfection, and Troy Calhoun, their coach, who calls it to perfection. I mean, he knows the ups and downs. When I used to call, uh, when I first got going in my career, I called uh, high school football. And you talk to some of these coaches, even in high, at the high school level, and their understanding of, of the uh, these offenses they're running, because a lot of times you will get these like triple option type of offenses in high school run heavy. It's 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 very complex. There's a lot that goes into these offenses, and the more you understand it, the more they're, they're, it, like Ryan said, it's just subtle difference after subtle difference that exploits you not being a hundred percent ready to react on defense. And I'm I'm not so sure Colorado's going to be. I mean, what kind of formations do you think they're working on? I mean, is it heavy D linemen, heavy linebackers? Because I mean, they're working on it all week long. Right? This is what they're working on is seeing the options. So are we three D three cornerback or three uh, D backs? Like like, what do you think we're gonna yeah, see? Yeah, I I could envision like a a like five a man like man. a five two front, and then bringing down like a like one of the safeties or or having like a, a rover yeah, type Isaiah situation Lewis on the on the line or on just for anything that squeaks out. When did they play uh, Air Force last? Was that last year or two years I ago? I think it was. Uh, I wanted to say two years ago. I think it was two years. Yeah, it was. My that, memory doesn't go back that far. I'm pulling up some stats right now from that game. Let's see how. Uh, I think the last time I saw a stat today, the last time. Holy CU, cow, that was three years ago. So you beat Air Force wow. was in like 1976. But we don't play them all. The well, time, and, so. and the, God, it was, it was an overtime ago. loss to them. Um, it was over. Time, yeah, it was. Uh, all right, so that was, was twenty nineteen. Bad loss. I can't believe how fast things go. That was three years ago. So that was a thirty twenty three. Stephen Montez threw for uh, two hundred and thirty yards that game. Oh, Montez. <laughs> I know, right? Oh God. Uh, yeah, they ended up uh, winning thirty twenty three. Air Force rushed that game for. Let's see here. I mean, this is a completely different team, so it's not super relevant. But they rushed for two eighty four that game. That's a lot. Through for one thirty-five. You, you keep them to two eighty-four, and you probably don't feel terrible about that. And that sounds crazy, but if you can keep this team at or under two hundred yards rushing, then I think that's a huge win. But I think against a team like Air so Force. So last time that uh, they played, Air Force threw the ball twelve times. Last week, Air Force threw the ball six times. Now it's probably going to be more hit and miss. <laughs> but uh, they may take advantage of CU being overzealous, being so amped up about the run. I mean, a lot of their points could come through the air this week. Sure. No, Especially so. early on when exactly that. That's what uh, all of your players are thinking about is what they're supposed to do against the option. 
that's when you can catch somebody not paying attention. That's what this game comes down to, right? The uh, CU's defense. I mean, it, we're not going to win a high-scoring affair. you, you got to well, hold Air no, Force it, under... It, ultimately, I'm curious. I'm very, very curious to see what they do with the quarterback position okay, let, for the Buffs. Let, let's talk about that. We, we've, I mean, there's not much to go over with Air Force. Their offense is boring. The breakdown's boring. you got to stop the run. Well, real, real quick. Yeah, yeah. You, you talked about it um, quite a lot last week, and... It's, I think it's going to be even more important this week is is winning the time of possession. See, you did it in the first half against TCU, mm-hmm. and then you saw what the second half did. That's actually a very good point. You know, that we, we need big, to stop uh, them on first and second down to force them into third, seven, third and eight, third and nine, to where they have the to throw. And, and now you get the opportunity him. to stop the clock and even get the ball back. So. Okay, so right, defense can help, three and outs, and then offense has to do their part holding the football. So let's get to them. Let's get to the offense. Um... Running the football is obviously going to be important, but I want to stay. I want to wait and get there in a second. Let's start a quarterback and predictions. What do we think is going to happen? Who do we think we see out there? I think Lewis. One hundred percent. I expect Brendan Lewis to walk out as a starter. Yeah, I do. What? However, think you'll see more of a fifty-fifty split. Do you only say that because Carl Durrell is being non-committal? Therefore, we expect the same. I thing I say we it because we haven't yes. seen anything different. Right. To me, if you're making the change, you come out and you say, you know what. We, we decided to make this change and move forward this way. Maybe he's playing it coy like he did last week to keep them guessing, and, I, and I'll give him that. But I saw nothing out of the way he coached that game last week or how he has handled the media so far this week that gives any indication he's going any other direction from that. I think you see JT Shrout more and in earlier situations but I don't think that the starter changes. Which is going to be horrible for both quarterbacks because I'll say this. If it's going to be Brennan Lewis, just – Put him in there. Just make it Brennan Lewis. And, and I think this goes back to the previous point. I think it was Ryan that made it. It's like, is this just a stubbornness? And to me, if Brennan Lewis walks out there as your starter and then you proceed to put JT Shroud in on the next drive, that is 100% pure stubbornness to prove to everybody that, no, 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 I didn't make the wrong choice (laughs) coming out of camp. He watched these guys for six months, and if he lets one game change his opinion, then doesn't that kind of undermine his coaching to begin with? I don't know because I don't know how his personality, I don't know what kind of person he is behind closed doors. If you are a uh, uh, strong mental person and you believe in yourself and you believe in the right thing to do, it doesn't matter what it, it, making decisions that look like you made a bad call shouldn't affect you so bad. It's only people with really low self-esteem who like who think like that. Like Jared, you own a business, right? You think it, you think it's a failure if you go down a path and you say, you know what, this isn't the best for the business. Let's cut ties, move some move in another direction, right? No, that's a good business. That's a good thing, right? Admitting failure and saying we're going to cut that, we're going to go with what's working, and, and let's drive forward. That's a good thing. That's what leaders do. It, it's a very weak thing in my mind for Carl Durrell to be saying, oh no, this is what, what I said. I'm going to prove myself right. I'm going to do this. That that is such a Bad. If you're right, that's do you such think a bad... we'll see JT Shroud starting this game? Well, I'm gonna go back to how I started the show. To me, it's it's so silly to pretend like there's a difference in these quarter or, or right. th- th- these quarterbacks are the same. It's it's laughable. Like it's it's a joke, and and I don't want to be hyperbolic, but it is very silly. So I think that if if we have a coach who let me let me check some boxes. All right, let me let me do some therefores. If we have a coach who wants to win, who cares about his job, and who who is is seeing what everyone else is seeing, then it should be J.T. Shroud. And he should play the whole game. But I don't think that is going to happen because I believe that Jared is onto something when we talk about ego and self-esteem and these kind of things about, about Carl Durrell. So I think that what we will see is split time, probably Brendan Lewis starting. 
I think what we should see is is JT Shroud, and he should get 100% of the carries, because, or of, of the snaps, because it doesn't matter who it is. That's why I said if it's going to be Lewis, just freaking put Lewis in there for the whole game. If it's going to be JT, put JT in there for the whole game. It does no one any good to, to split the reps. I mean, this goes... Right. We've heard this for a million years. It's If you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. We've heard that for a, a million right. years. So you don't give these guys to, a chance to get in the rhythm. You're hurting everybody except your own ego. So well, that's why I yeah. think you start JT. And not to mention, in a guy like Brendan Lewis, whose um, confidence is already thin as thin can be, to have shroud on the sideline and have that in the back of his head that I could get yanked at any time. That's doing no what, favors for Brendan Lewis. What class is Shroud? Is he also a sophomore? Do we know? Does anyone have that in front of them? Yeah, I do. He's a... Uh... Or is he a class ahead of Lewis? Because it, 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 it's one of those things where... He's a junior. Is it maybe the best thing for Brendan Lewis to get sat down right now? Spend a year or two on the bench. Watch. Develop. Learn what you're lacking but right hold, now. Hold on, hold on. And then as a senior, you could potentially you're, you're be not, the guy. You're not listening to what I said, Jared. I want him out of here. I no. want him transferred, gone. I don't. I have sold my stock. Sold my stock for me means I don't want to see any then more move next him year, to wide receiver after. because he could probably do that, right? Uh, I mean, he's a good know. athlete. The kid's a good athlete. Uh, but, Give him a chance to play at uh, Wyoming Tech. But, but to just wrap what we, we were kind of talking there, what we all expect to see, I, I, I really think what you're going to see and it does tie into the whole ego thing with Carl Durrell is I think you're going to see a 50-50 split in this game and then if and when what we all expect happened JT looks like the better quarterback then he will then in week three say you know what we've seen enough now and we're going to move to JT and I think this it's just him having to basically have it proven that it, it, it absolutely is clear in his mind, which apparently wasn't through week one. Now, everything else that we could preview for the offense, unfortunately, goes through quarterback. So if I break down what we could see from Fontenot or these receivers or whatever, it, it, it to me is all moot. Because if Brennan, let, let, let's just give two different, let's give a, a, a branch, a fork in the road. If Brennan Lewis starts, here's how we see the game going or plays the whole game. If JT Stroud plays the whole game, here's how I see it going. And if they split reps, which is probably going to happen, here's how we see it going. Now let's make it rather quick. Let's not dwell too long. If Brendan Lewis plays the whole game, I think it's a continuation of last year. I think this offense looks abysmal. Colorado gets blown out. Uh, I'll give my, my, my score here. We can do scores with this. Uh, I mean, let's go maybe 38 to 7. 38 to 10. Well, I'll give okay. my field goal now. 38 to 10. Uh, if JT Shroud plays the whole game, I think this offense could move the football and actually could be a, a rather higher uh, scoring affair than a lot of people are assuming. Uh, JT Shroud, uh, JT Shroud starts, plays the whole game. I think Colorado actually could win. I'm going to go 31, 30. Uh, if they split reps, I think it's going to be bad news for the buffs. I think this defense is going to get demoralized early. Uh, but I think that there may be more success because we may see more JT. So I'll go uh, Air Force 38-17 if they split reps. Jared, what do you think? Whoa, that was rapid fire. I like it. Let's see if I can <laughs> okay. keep up with you there, Tyler. Uh, I, I'm pretty much right in line with you there. Um, honestly, this Air Force team is is good. And I know they're always a tough team to play, but this is a 10-win team from last year that returned a lot of players. I, I think legitimately, even with JT Shroud starting this game, I, I don't know if the Buffs are going to win this game. And it's such a challenge to beat a team like this, especially coming off of this loss to TCU. I think if you can be very competitive in this game, I, I, I don't, I don't want to give a moral victory. I have to backtrack that statement. I can't even finish <laughs> yeah, no saying do that, that statement. But 
you have to take something from that if you can be competitive in this game. So I'm going to take them at a close loss of, let's say, 30 to 27 if JT's playing in the whole game. Okay. If you get... Uh, Brendan Lewis playing the whole game, which I also do not expect, by the way, either of these outcomes. I definitely think you're getting split reps. If you get Brendan Lewis playing the whole game, I think it's a blowout. Whatever the score was for last week from TCU, <laughs> yeah. let's call it that, because that's what you're going to get, I think, in this game. What I expect to see is you're going to see early on Brendan Lewis playing. I think JT Shrout comes in. As the game goes on, I think JT gets more and more reps. I think he keeps this game close. I think this is going to be a... 27-17 type of game that the Buffs lose in this game. Uh, before producer Ryan goes, I have a question about the whole JT thing. You said even if JT sh- uh, starts, it's tough to beat Air Force. I agree with 100%. But I think that we add, it's like an upgrade for CU. I think we add an upgrade because of the uh, excitement. And I think that it's not just the fans watching. I think that the guys on the sidelines see it too. How can you not? Right. And so I think this team gets a boost if JT starts and plays. So let's not ignore the JT excitement well, factor from the rest of the team as well. And just to quantify that a little bit, Tyler, I'm looking here at a, at a line right now, minus 17 and a half is Woo! the betting line right now for Air Force. Big line. And I absolutely think and a half. if My JT God. Shrout is playing this whole game, that's probably a 14 point upgrade. That puts the buffs at a minus, or excuse me, buffs would be at a plus three and a half. So I think that's a pretty fair estimate to say that that is a two-touchdown upgrade if JT is in there versus what we saw last week. All right, Ryan, what do you think for some uh, predictions here? Uh, if Lewis plays the whole game, again, like you guys said, there's not much I can add. I think, uh, yeah, we're looking we're looking at a lot to a little. Um, maybe like 38-7, 38-10. Um, Shrout plays the whole game. I think we're looking at a 24-17, 27-20 type of game. Um, and if they sp- Split, uh, I don't know, probably like a twenty-eight to fourteen. All, all, every case, any scenario, Buffs are not going to win this one. And I, and I will say, Jared, I, I do think that for this program, you said moral victories don't count. I think for this one, it does. I, I, I think that they need got to start somewhere. They like, like they, the captain said, people were hanging their head. It's like, you know what? They just need something to grab onto. And for these kids, think about all the guys that transferred, and I know we talked about it. Those guys are the only ones that have seen even like a monicum of, of success. And so everybody that's left, they haven't won since high school. And they've, ju- they've been not only you probably sitting on the bench, but losing every single game that yeah. they play in. So yeah. I, think, I think there is something to say about moral victories. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see, uh, and I'm usually the one that picks the buffs, and I, I don't see any scenario that this, uh, this game turns out positively. Let's keep an eye on the team. How do they respond? Do they come right. out with fire? We heard from a couple captains say that uh, there were some players with their heads down, some moping going on during the third quarter when the buffs were still in it. And so let's look for that. Are there players who uh, come out and uh, look excited, look ready to go? You know, that's something to watch. I also want to see Carl Durrell. You know, what does he look like on the sideline? Is he excited? Is he fired up? Is he Not that he. Uh, we should expect him to go out of his personality, but... Um, I want to see a little bit more. I want to see something different. And then, are you guys going to go to the game, by the way? I looked at tickets. They're way too expensive for me to yeah, go. Yeah, unfortunately not. I, I, I was going to get them, and it's, it, things never never worked out. And yeah, now they're expensive. I'm excited to, to see if, if the bus fans show up. But, I mean, you have to have a product for fans to want to go see. And, and to, to be 100% honest, I was planning on going to this game. 
I wanted to go to this game. I love going and traveling to CU games, whether it's a little bowl game, a little road game. But after last week, uh, I, I I don't want to. It's like uh, good, you know, tickets that I would want to buy. They're like you know, hundred hundred and so a piece, maybe hundred fifty, like one hundred one fifty. So two tickets, you know, I'd probably go with with Allie. Uh, that's you know at least a couple hundred bucks. You, you're 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 spending your whole Saturday. You're, you you know parking also can say whatever. If it's worth it, it's worth it. I got no issue with that. But I'm not confident that the Buffs are going to look good. And if it is going to be Brennan Lewis, I don't want to spend my money to, to, to watch that football team right now, even though I had do have season tickets. So um, Yeah, that money's already spent, though. So <laughs> exactly. no, I'm doing exactly. that one. <laughs> but the additional money for uh, for the road yeah. games. So. And, and that's, I think, a very telling sign of where a lot of fans, I think a lot of you listening out there, are debating the same thing. That sure. That is not a good indication of where your football program is. I mean, last year, towards the end of the year, I mean, Jared and I and his two brothers share season tickets. We couldn't give them away. Yeah. But let's yeah. see. Hopefully uh, right. hopefully they surprise us. Uh, you guys got anything to add before we wrap up? I'm good. All right. Let's just see a better stinking football team out there on the field this week, okay? It, it may sound bleak. We're still in it for the long haul. Let's go, Buffaloes. We're the biggest fans in town. We only want the best, and let's hope they pull off the upset, which would be a 17-and-a-half-point upset on the road at Air Force. Go Buffs! Let's get a win. We'll talk to you all next week on the Buffs Nation podcast.